Welcome to the Legacy of Our African-American Lives podcast, where our stories become our oral histories created to uplift, empower, and enrich the next generation. I am your host, Tangela Irvy, and today we welcome Xavier Petway. Xavier is a G's Ben legacy. He is also a proud member of the Petway family. He is a resident of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I have to say, he loves family. And so I am so excited to talk to him about his story today. And so I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Yes, good evening all. Uh, thank you, Tangela Irby, for inviting me to this great podcast to talk about the Petway family, Jesus uh, Ben, the history, and my personal journey as well. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. So before we get into that, I want you to tell us a little bit about your background. What are you doing right now? Born and raised here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, went to high school in Bridgeport Central Magdalene High School. Um, went on to college, have my um, bachelor's in uh, finance, have my MBA in finance as well. And I've been in the financial services field for about 15 years. So you could say I am a young professional, um, born and raised into a big family. So I've, I'm proud of that and also proud of, of the uh, future endeavors as well. I've known you, like I said, for a long time. And I knew right away that you valued family because there would be events, functions. And once you start seeing people all the time, you gravitate towards them. I remember that from when you were young, if we were in the room, you were gonna come from across the room and you were gonna make sure you said hello. And that wasn't just a, for me, it was for my brother, it was for my mother, the entire family, you made yourself known. So what is it about family that's so important to you? Well, I think um, gravitate. I think that I've learned that at a, at a young age is to appreciate family, to appreciate people, um, be nice to people. Um, it, it's just tradition. I, I was raised like that to always, since we have a big family, always to understand your history and, and know who your people are. So I've always been taught to, uh, you know, know your people, talk folks, just to be a people person because you never know how your spirit or how um, your presence could help others. So I've I've always been raised to uh, treat people right. So that's always been in me since I've uh, been a little boy. And it's interesting that you say that because it came up with another discussion from a family member that we believe in hospitality. Yes. So when people come to your house, if you go to their house, if you see them out in public, people are going to stop and notice that you must know each other, that, that that's family right there. Yes. And so that's something that is just a part of, you know, who we are. I start off by saying that, you know, I would see you at family functions and get togethers. And so I have to ask you a little bit about the MJ Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about the MJ Foundation, what it is and why it was started and who it's all about? Right. So you say you mentioned something about hospitality. I think that's what the family is all about, hospitality. We're not about drama. We're not about fighting. So if you see us, you see me, that's what um, you get from us. In reference to the MJ Foundation, we really started that to get the family together every year to just have a reunion, have a picnic in G's Ben. It was started by my mother and Ox. And it first started out as Petway and Bendolph. Uh, MJ 
does stand for uh, Martha after my grandmother who died at the age of 104. So we really wanted to remember her and we really wanted to celebrate her life by gathering together every year for uh, the 4th of July uh, cookout. With that, we would have t-shirts every year, different colors. And when someone would get married in the big family, we would add their particular last names to the t-shirts. And so that foundation is still going on, um, started in 91. It's still going on for about 30 years later. And so we can't talk about the picnic that they have in Alabama without backing up a little bit to what happens in Bridgeport, Labor Day. You want to talk a little bit about that? So the MJ Foundation uh, started with the reunion in Alabama. And so we said, wait a minute, there's people in Bridgeport or Brooklyn, New York, who really can't get to Borgen, Alabama in summertime. So we've decided to extend that to Bridgeport every Labor Day in September, which has grown by leaps and bounds every year since 1991. So that has been going on for 30 years now as well. Uh, we have been doing that picnic for the last two years. This year is still up in the air. And again, it's around Southern Hospitality. If your family and you want to invite your friends, you can. And we just, you know, feed the community, not feed the community. We feed the family and we just have a great time. I think you said it correctly when you said we feed the community because I've been at these functions, right? Being that I'm family. And I know that there's a huge difference from where it started and where it is now. I don't know if anyone ever counted, but I would say that throughout the day, there are probably hundreds of people out there. I would say so. You mentioned Martha Jane Petway. And I know that that's a name as I do research and I learn more and more about the quilts. That is a name that a lot of people who know and love Jean Spin quilts, they recognize her name. Did you ever have the opportunity to meet her? Absolutely. So we started to go down south for Alabama in 1991. So I've had the pleasure to love on her and meet her. A very special lady, a lot of wisdoms. I would sit and talk to her. Very special presence to be around. Christian lady. With my with Martha Jane Petway, she had, I would say, 15 children. So she's the first generation. And then my grandmother, Joanna Petway, she would be the second generation, which is my mother's mother. My grandmother, Joanna Petway, had 12 children. Uh, and then my mother had two boys, which is uh, my brother and I, so which is the fourth generation. Martha Jane really started the uh, foundation for a big family. Good Christian people. And I've had the pleasure to uh, know her, known her for about uh, 13 years before she passed in 2003. Uh, and I think it's great to have that experience of having someone with that much wisdom. You mentioned wisdom. Is there anything specific that you remember from being with her, be it something that she might have said, something that she might have done? And I know that was a long time ago when you think about back in the early 90s. But is there anything, in the, and if you can't think of anything that you specifically remember, um, I know you're very close, obviously, to your mom and to your aunts. Is there anything that you remember them saying that was something that would have been a memory of Martha Jane? I, when in conversations with my mother, uh, aunts and uncles, I do remember them saying that she was a very hardworking, stern lady, which is, is very um, evident in my mother and aunts. I mean, they are very loving um, people, a very hardworking lady, very Christian lady. 
And also she raised her family uh, with her husband, my great-grandfather, to the best of her abilities as well. My grandmother, Joanna Petway, she really was the um, caretaker of a lot of my cousins, uh, my uh, mother and my aunts. So we used to call her Big Mama. So she, I would say, was the right-hand uh, person for my great-grandmother when my great-grandfather passed. Um, in 1969. So it's just loving memories of those people, hardworking people, praying all the time, going to church, and, and just being in their presence as well, eating their food, having com conversations. Just talking about history, how the old days were, the struck quilting, just have an appreciation for life. You talked about food. Um, are, are your Is your mother, are your aunts, your uncles, is cooking still an important part of what your family does? I think cooking is in a very um, important part, still is, of what we do. Before uh, COVID-19, we will have these monthly meetings with the foundation, and food will be cooked um, every time. I think it's a way to get family together. You know, you cook food. I always say that for our family, cooking is a way of loving on your family. I also know that your aunts have continued the tradition, your aunts and your mom have continued the tradition of quilting, that that's still a big part of our family. So I have to ask you, because they're not here for me to ask, have you learned to quilt? Well, you, Tangela, you, you, you would think I have learned to quilt, but I have not. My mother still quilts, and I, you know, I watch her every time she's quilts. Um, she's made quilts for my friends, um, for my cousins. And, you know, I first really started to um, be exposed to the, the quilting around 2003. We actually have, or had quilts in the uh, Whitney Museum in 2003. And I said to myself at the time, well, whoa, this is a big deal. I think quilts expose our, how talented my aunts are and how uh, the, the world, I guess, understands our struggle to quilting. Do sit with my mother to help her with the quilts. Uh, she still makes quilts for people who ask. My aunts do as well. In the early 2000s, I, I realized how quilting, like you said, told, uh, she's been told the Petway story. Very talented ladies had scraps, had just anything around the house. And they just put those scraps together to quilt and to make art. So what my mother does on a daily basis is what she does is make art. So I, I it's gratitude and knowing that I'm exposed to that firsthand. It is definitely a blessing to be able to sit there. And if you think about the conversations that you have and the interactions that you uh, that take place over the production of a quilt, and that is quality time. You know, one of the things that I say is that with the new generation, they spend so much time on social media. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're doing all of these things, but we're not taking advantage of the opportunities to do what you're doing, to sit at our elders' feet and to learn from them. Yes, it's about what she's doing, making that quote, but it's also about that time that you're spending and learning. You hit the nail on the, on the button. It's, it, it is about quotes, but also that uh, time is short. It's about spending time, that uh, family time, that precious time with your family. You know, have that, those conversations, asking questions about who's this person or who is this person related to, but also enjoying time as well. Mm -hmm. There's some things that you can't, someone else can't put it in a book for you. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, because not everyone has a platform where they can come and share their story. But I, I do believe that as G's been descendants, 
And our story is a Jeeves Ben story. Everybody's story is not a Jeeves Ben story, but everyone has a story. And so I want to hear from us, from our people, our family story. Like I said, you can pick up articles, you can read things in the paper, you can pick up books and you see who wrote the story. And th sometimes there's no connection to Jeeves Ben. So why aren't our voices being elevated? And so that's one of the reasons that we are here today. And what I want to say to you or what I want to ask you is of all the things that you've learned from all the time that you spent in G's Bend, the time that you were with your grandmother, your great grandmother, or the time that you're with your mom, your aunts, your uncles, what is it that you want to make sure gets carried down to the next generation? Well, it's to understand that our story, our G's Bend story, our family, the heritage is special and that our heritage is very um, unique. There's a lot of talented people in that community and their stories must be heard, whether it be through Colton or be through farming or cultivating, is that our, our story is very unique. And I think she's been um, going there every summer. I, it's a second home to me. Do you think, as my mother told me, I learned how to walk there? So it's, it carries a special place in my heart. And also I, another memory of G's Bend is that uh, my grandmother or my mother would take me around to uh, visit different people, sit with them, understand their stories, uh, you know, how they came to in G's Bend, you know, their families, how we're connected, how we're related, who's so-and-so. So I think I carry that memory, those memories, that unique history close to my heart and understand that we are a special family, that uh, we have a lot to offer as well. And also that the heritage, the story, which is unique, is also about that Southern hospitality as well. I think that would be the main point to carry down through the next generations. Uh, Southern hospitality, treating people right, and it's just, you know, just loving on people. People are already having a tough time, you know, with this COVID thing why not just extend hospitality to them? Well, Xavier, I would like to say to you, I thank you for extending your hospitality to us all and sharing your piece of the G's Ben story. Like I said, from the very moment that I knew who you were, you made sure that we knew who you were. We were at a family function, whether it was the crystal ball, whether it was the picnic down at Seaside Park, no matter where it was that we saw you, you recognize and you appreciate family. I can say that from my heart. And I want to thank you again for when I asked the question, there was no hesitation. You said yes. So I want to sure. thank you. And for those who are listening, I hope that you found something that you were able to connect with. I hope that you are going to work on being more hospitable to each other because the world needs more of that.